Super Talk Mississippi media production. Taylor Swift is coming to New Orleans, and Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and Super Talk are giving away a free pair of tickets. For your chance to win, go register now at Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and get your name in for the final drawing from Margaritaville and Super Talk 103.1. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show, where we celebrate every single day the people who are working so hard to make this place, Mississippi, such a great place to live, work, and play. But it is Friday on the Ricky Matthews Show. By the way, the second half of the show, we're going to be joined by J.T. Mitchell, who's the news director for Super Talk Mississippi News. And I actually found in my history book this morning a quote from Grace Kelly, the, the former actress and, and uh, princess of Monica, who died, actually, back in 1982, in September of 1982. This quote that applies, I think, to the Saints really well. And she said this, everything has to be earned through work, persistence, and honesty. You watch the building of this this current Saints team, and you see a lot of hard work, persistence, and honesty. At least through game one, is paying off. That was Princess Grace Kelly. Now let's turn to my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune and just say, wow, you know, <laughs> there's a lot to unfold and unpack about this game. Man, got to follow Princess Grace. I mean, one of my all-time favorites. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah, no, look, it's great for them to get off to a winning uh, note. I mean, they've done that now five times. The last five years, uh, the Saints have opened with the win. I think it's the longest streak in franchise history. So they got that part down. Now they got to continue it on. Hey, listen, uh, before we get into the Saints, you left your phone at, at uh, <laughs> a restaurant last night where you had dinner. Man, it is it's crazy how dependent we are on our phones these days, especially if you're in the media business. Yeah, yeah, not a great move, uh, Mr. Duncan. Um, paying the price for that today. I feel completely naked right now without my without my lifeline of communication. So got to get down there and get that taken care of. Well, it was Dickie Brennan Steakhouse and uh, one of my more favorite restaurants in the city. So uh, it sounds like you had a great meal. Yeah, we did. We have a group of writers that meets every six months and uh, – it's a really good, uh, great conversation. We find a different steakhouse somewhere in the city, and it's a great way for us to get together, but also to kind of support the local uh, restaurant scene. Yeah, that, that's cool. That's cool. As I mentioned before the show started, before the the game, before the Saints uh, game, the Saints weren't on a lot of people's radar screen. I mean, yeah, they were they were interested in Carr becoming the quarterback, and you know there there, there was some speculation out there, but not a lot of content. Uh, now you've seen a lot of content. You know, the fact that they had the NFL had Carr wired for the game, and you got to see the interaction between him and the Sheed, as he calls him. That you know that really that really became a really popular segment, not just for the the Gulf region that, that follows the Saints, but really people across the country. Um, it's a it's a defining moment in the game, though, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, as I said last night at dinner, actually, to, to my colleagues, uh, you know, you saw Derek Carr, what, what they got in him in that game. I mean, to me, I was very impressed with him in the first 
pass of the game that he threw to Michael Thomas could not have been better. I mean, it was a perfect pass. Michael Thomas couldn't do anything but catch the ball. It was right in his lap. Uh, the receiver, uh, the defensive back was right on and We haven't seen passes like that since Drew Brees was here. And his last pass, the one to Rashid Shaheed you talked about that salted the game away, was another terrific pass. And I think what we're seeing here is not just a game manager, like a lot of people thought, but a guy that could actually make big-time plays that could win a game. And I think the confidence that we saw from Pete Carmichael and Dennis Allen to, to be aggressive there on that last drive and put away the game, that was a game, Ricky, that they would have lost a year ago, I think, because they wouldn't have had the confidence in the quarterback to take control and win the game with his arm. We saw them lose down at Tampa where Tom Brady came back and beat them. We saw them lose in the Dome to Joe Burrow where they couldn't put the Bengals away with a two-score lead. This was a different uh, team with, with Derek Carr, and I think that's very encouraging. Well, in that in that one segment that has been that's traveled the internet uh, and been seen by I'm sure lots and lots of people. What's interesting about it is that you know you okay. First of all, you wrote the book on Peyton and Breeze. You 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 wrote the book that that spells out that the kind of offense the Saints want to run requires a quarterback who can make reads and 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 process information really rapidly. Um, the the relationship between between uh, Sean Payton and Drew Brees was legendary, and the way they worked together to create sort of a winning offense. Um, we haven't had that since Drew Brees left. And what you saw in that one segment was not only the fact that you had, as you pointed out strongly, that Carr came into helping to make that call in such a confident way. But in addition to that, you see his leadership, the way that he went to Shahid and, and, and encouraged him to run his run like crazy and that he was going to throw it. I don't care. I think he said, I don't care if you go a hundred yards, I'll throw it. The confidence, as you pointed out, that was expressed in that moment, the leadership that was expressed in that moment. And then at them post that play to see his excitement and his, his enthusiasm for the game for as a fan, buddy, that was fun to watch. Yeah, look, and I think his teammates feed off that well as well. I mean, to see him have the confidence and then to deliver, and that's what you got to do. I mean, if he overthrows Rashid Shaheed, uh, you know, it has a totally different effect. But the fact that he was able to hit him in stride, and look, they saw, I mean, they attacked Christian Fulton, the cornerback over there, tweaked his hamstring early in the game, and he couldn't run. So it was a very smart move. They got him man-to-man coverage with the fastest guy on the team. But I think the other thing that I, I'm taking away from this game is you're seeing the development and emergence of Rashid Shaheed. I mean, they went to him in the most important parts of this game. Not only that play, but the, the touchdown that they threw on the double move to him, the only touchdown scored in the game. And then he had another one where he almost scored, probably uh, could have scored if the, the angle would have been better for the officials. It was a tough replay review for them. But what I'm getting at is he is emerging as a bona fide threat, not just a return specialist and kind of a gimmick guy that can that can uh, you know take a jet sweep, which he did, by the way, very well. But he's becoming a, a, a front line receiver. And that's altering how this how this offense uh, operates. Well, when you watch the uh, the interviews afterwards uh, with with all the receivers and others on offense in general, when they talk about Sheed, as they call him, 
They uh, they say the same thing, buddy. I mean, they say that he has uh, uncanny ability to get open. That he has scary, you know, fast speed. He can get to speed really rapidly. And when you think about Michael Thomas, you never said you you said this from day one that if Michael Thomas were able to come back, he would not be the number one. He would not even be the number two. That that all he has to do is go in there and be the threat, the possession receiver threat that he has the ability to be. And he was that. In this game, it was solid to see, buddy. I mean, yeah. you see the talent we got at receiver right now. Add in Juwan Johnson, add in Taysom Hill that's so far underutilized. Wow, it's incredible. Yeah, look, Michael Thomas was exactly what I thought he would be. I mean, exactly. The possession guy is going to – his skill set complements the speed and, and elusiveness that Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed uh, have. So now you've got three receivers with different skills – uh, that teams have to account for. And frankly, you know, Ricky, it's hard to find three defensive backs that can stay man-to-man with, with uh, really good receivers these days. And uh, so I think they've got that working. That's going to be the strength of this offense, especially until Alvin Kamara comes back. They've got to kind of tread water. The running game's still spotty. That's a very tough front that they were trying to run against in Tennessee. And I think they they attacked that well. They realized, hey, we're not going to beat our heads against the wall. we got to keep them honest and run the ball at times. But we're going to use Rashid Shaheed on some jet sweeps. We're going to use Taysom Hill. We're going to try and cobble together a running game. But the strength of this offense is going to be the receivers and our quarterback. Well, the coach actually said uh, of Williams that – what he had 45 total yards or 50, whatever the number was, it wasn't anything that would that would make a headline. But he pointed out that those are extraordinarily hard-earned runs, and and all the players to a person, even on the defensive side of the Saints' ball, said of the of the Tennessee defense that they were tough. Man, this is a tough team they played, and that every player for the first game you're usually this way, and that is all very sore. That they're going to be even sore <laughs> because they went against. This team, so we can't underestimate that. And you know, the, the, you know, we we can talk about and we will the trials and tribulations of the offensive line. But man, they were going to be tested in every way possible, weren't they? Yeah, and look, I think what Dennis Allen said was was right on point. And they knew they weren't going to run for a lot of yards in this game. They knew that, but they had to they had to try to establish a ground game just to keep the defense honest. But that's a very physical front seven and. Uh, Look, the Saints got it handed to them a few times by that group, and uh, you know they're going to hand that they're going to hand it to a lot of def- uh, offenses over the years. But I thought, look, you know, I, I said this last night on Fox Eight. You know, we're we're going crazy about the offense, and they scored 16 points. You know what I mean? So like, there's room for improvement. I mean, they only scored one touchdown in the game, but you can see the potential there. I think that's the key. You really, really can see the potential there. Um, we can, we'll, when we get on the other side, we'll talk about Trevor Penning. Obviously, he had some difficult, had a difficult time. It improved when they got him a little bit of help. But man, you know, here's the thing: he wasn't alone. When you look at where the pressures came from, the interior of the offensive line had some challenges. And most people believe, especially the coach believes, that they're going to work through a lot of that. They'll, they'll, they'll figure that out. Penning's going to improve. Let's hope he does, because we have a lot of stock in him. Uh, when we come back on the other side, well, let's talk a little bit more about the offensive line. It's easy to point the finger, but I think there's a lot of work to be done across the, across the entire line. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. We'll see you after this.
passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I'm my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. Jeff, when I was uh, in uh, junior high, elementary school, I played football. I went on to become a drummer and, and got away from sports. But I remember once taking a helmet in the gut by a guy who was really, really, really strong, and and it literally knocked me out. I mean, I. I, I thought I'd never play another play of football again. I, I bring that up to p- make this point that, uh, you know, we've played Tennessee in the recent past, but we haven't played Derrick Henry. And it was interesting to watch people wide, uh, like uh, Cam Jordan and others make observations about what they observed in Derrick Henry before the game started, how big he was, how tall he was, and how they realized how hard this guy was to take down when he got into open field. But what's interesting about the running game of Tennessee, which we all know is you know sort of their stock and trade, in this game, the Saints actually ran more running plays than Tennessee did. Um, so we were committed, even though we, as you pointed out in the last segment, we weren't going to, we knew we may not have a lot of success there. We still had to go after it, and um, but we this revealed some weaknesses in the in the uh, offensive line. How do you read it? Well, I think it's a work in progress. I mean, we talked about it all training camp. This was going to be an area of concern, and we saw it play out in this opener, where uh, you know Trevor Pinning is going through some growing pains at left tackle, and I think they're going to continue for a while, and until you know he starts becoming more effective over there and becomes more confident. Uh, I think they're going to have to mix and match some help using either tight ends or running backs to help in pass protection, particularly, you know, against the elite guys. He's going to face another one this week in Brian Burns. Uh, but, you know, Arden Key is not exactly, you know, he's not an all pro guy over there. And he, he really was giving uh, Trevor Pinning fits. It's the same thing we saw in camp with Carl Granderson. Uh, so I think I think it's going to take a while for Trevor Penning to and it, look. It may not ever happen. We don't know. I mean, it happens all the time where guys are tackles in college and have to move inside to guard because they can't make that transition. I mean, it happened with Andres Pete. He was a, a elite tackle at Stanford and he's played guard his whole career in the NFL after trying to play tackle. And I can think of Stan Brock, who was an all pro guard for the, for the saints that was a great tackle at Oregon. So we'll see how this develops. It's still very early. It's just one game in, but uh, it's definitely a concern because we've, we've seen it play out now. It's not just one time it's happened all throughout the training camp. Well, what's it, what's interesting to me is that, uh, of course, Trevor Pennings, one of his extraordinary strong points is, number one, he's huge and he's strong. He does well in the running game. What was interesting watching him play over there as, you know, on the one-on-one matchup with their, their defensive line, you, you could see that Trevor was getting frustrated as the guy would get around him. But then there's all these stunts that they're running on, on defense. Um, you got to be on your game, man, because they're, they're cha- the defense is changing directions and changing their approaches, literally turning on the dime. Defensive lines have gotten faster and bigger and more sophisticated in the approaches that they're taking to get to the quarterback. It's, it's pretty amazing. And we're doing the same thing, incidentally. We're doing the same thing, and we're doing it very effectively, I might add. Yeah, you, you can't just line up and run straight, you know, straight your guy. I mean, there's got to be games and 
and uh, techniques. And, and the Saints, you're right. The Saints do a lot of stunting and and some of these uh, in tackle type uh, games at the line. They were very effective against the Titans. And look, I thought the Saints defense played terrific. That's exactly what I thought they would do. What did surprise me, and I have to say this. Uh, as someone that's watched the game for a long time, I, I thought Ryan Tannehill was terrible in the game. I mean, I, I don't know if that was just a bad game or he's, you know, on the end of his career, but the Saints got away with some stuff. And Dennis Allen talked about that on Monday, that he had two wide open touchdowns that he missed that an NFL quarterback, Ricky, cannot miss. You, you only get those opportunities every once in a while. They weren't particularly difficult throws and he just missed them you know one with the Tajay Spears right along the Saints sideline uh he got 15 yards behind the secondary that should have been a touchdown and also the the flea flicker as well that uh, he missed those are plays that regular NFL quarterbacks make so you know while it was it was a, a very effective game uh I'm, I'm a little tempered in my enthusiasm because I saw some of those coverage busts that Dennis Allen also saw that could have gone the other way well, what's interesting about Tannehill, if you go back and, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but if you go back and look at his quarterback rating, he had been con- pretty consistent quarterback. And if, if I am I right to remember that his quarterback rating in this game is the worst he's ever yes. had? Yeah, it was the worst of his career. And, you know, he, he felt the pressure when there wasn't a lot of pressure. He just, he, you know, he didn't play at all in the preseason. That was something that the Titans writers noted. And I think it looked like it. it looked like a guy that probably could have used some experience. I mean, he looked like an overwhelmed rookie out there, not a 10-year veteran. Uh, so maybe it was just a bad game for him. He said on Monday to the local media in Nashville that he played terrible. He, he did fall on the sword. But as, as an observer watching that game, uh, yes, the Saints played very well. Yes, they got their hands on 11 balls, uh, picked off three of them. Those are all good signs. But, uh, again, the long ball that he threw that got picked off by Marcus May on the deflection, he had an underneath route that was wide open that could have been a 40-yard game that he just threw to the wrong wrong guy. So these are, these are plays that maybe somebody else hits. Uh, and in a tight game like that, one big play, as we see, uh, can be the difference. Well, we came out of the, we came out of the gate with defensive line play doing terrific, and then when you think about the defensive backs and how they're playing together, got a new slot, um, had some passes against them, but but he did he tackled well, and you can talk about that. And then again, Marshawn Lattimore sitting over there doing everything we hoped he would do, and then some. I mean, he is absolutely if he can stay healthy, buddy, he is a shut down corner like we might not have ever seen before yeah look he's he played as well as you could play that position he pretty much took deandre hopkins out of the game i think deandre hopkins is very much like michael thomas right now in his career uh he's a guy that's not going to get a lot of separation he's going to have to make physical competitive catches and against a physical corner like marshawn Lattimore, i mean that's right into his strength into his wheelhouse and he pretty much eliminated Hopkins. And they don't have a lot of other threats out there, to be honest with you, at the receiver position. So uh, the Saints' defense was really in control for most of the game. They had some busts, like I mentioned. But uh, I thought the encouraging thing was to see them get their hands on so many balls and to finally make some plays on the ball and come up with those interceptions. I mean, if you look at the second half, I know we've been talking about the offense, but if you look at it, Ricky, I mean, their last 13 points were all scored after either interceptions or that blocked punt. They really had to drive very short drives yeah. for scores. They didn't have to go 80, 90 yards for scores. They were going 30 and 40. 
so, you know, that's how complimentary football works when you're all phases are contributing to a win. Hey, when we look ahead to Monday night, do you think the Saints are licking their chops or a little bit scared to death of a letdown? Well, I, I think they're going to have to match the in, intensity that they're going to see from Carolina. I mean, Carolina is going to be a desperate team. They lost their opener to Atlanta. They're coming home for the first game in the in the home career of Bryce Young. There's going to be a lot of enthusiasm. It's on national TV. Uh, you know, the Saints have struggled at this stadium the last two times they've lost there against inferior Carolina teams. So, you know, I think it's a very dangerous game and and. Like I said, I mean, there's a lot of things they need to clean up. Yeah, it was great they got the win against a good team, but uh, there's things there that if they don't clean up, are gonna gonna hurt them in the future. Hey, listen, I still get the Athletic newsletter, your former employer, and uh, in in the newsletter referring to the Minnesota game and the Tampa Bay game, they referred to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as Baker Mayfield zombie Buccaneers. <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting this year to watch our division play out. Yeah, I mean, I think the NFC South, uh, you know, represented well the first week. I mean, you mentioned the surprising win by the Bucs, uh, you know, for the NFC South to start three and one. The only loss was an interdivision game. Uh, I think that that was encouraging. And it's, it, there were some other eye-opening performances around the league. I mean, Green Bay, who the Saints play after Carolina, had a big win against uh, against Chicago on the road. Uh, that was a that's going to be a difficult game. You know, Jordan Love played very well. So as we see some of these games, that's what I always try to tell people. When you look at it on paper, you, you really can't do that because I mean, I thought the Rams looked like an easy win when you looked at it a week ago, and now they go into Seattle and just truck the Seahawks. So now you're going to L.A. to play the Rams. It doesn't look quite as easy as it did a week ago. And then you got Denver, man. <laughs> Everybody's going to be watching Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. And he had a kicker that couldn't kick. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I will say this. In his defense, he missed a 50-something yarder. You know, that can happen. Uh, but, look, they had they had some tough breaks against them. They had a great onside kick call to start the game. And the, 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 the Denver player grabbed the ball at the, right at the 10-yard mark. He needed to let it go another six inches. And it would have been a successful ambush play by Sean Payton to start his career. Uh, yeah, look, they lost a close game, uh, and the Saints won theirs. And uh, that could change next week. You know, you just that's how the league works. And then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, man. We've all watched, uh, you know, the the HBO series. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of his, but man, as a as a quarterback, I am a fan of his, and I just hated to see that happen. Yeah, the boy, the air came out of that stadium quickly. Tough to be a Jets fan uh, right now because uh, the season of promise certainly has been thrown up there. But it's impressive that they came back and won that game, Ricky. I mean, that was a big win for them. They've got some great young talent that we all saw play out on hard knocks. And then Zach Wilson, at the end of the game, he seemed to be have his head on right. So it'd be interesting to watch and see how that plays out. Hey, Jeff, have a, have a great day, my friend. Good weekend, and we'll see you next week. All right, Ricky. Take care, buddy. We'll talk next week. You bet. This has uh, been Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. When we come back, we'll have JT Mitchell from Super Talk News. We'll see you after this. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.